Shalom, everybody, and uh, welcome back to the Upper Room Podcast. Uh, appreciate your patience as uh, renovations on Almond House HQ are now complete. We are back in the Mishkan, back in the Tabernacle, ready to uh, ready to get diving deep once again. Um, I am joined uh, by my brothers Joseph and Jackie uh, for a conversation, uh, which uh, it's fair to say we don't even know where this conversation is going to go, um, but we're here. We're we're ready to let the spirit lead, and uh, we'll see see where it takes us. So, gentlemen, shalom, welcome, welcome back. Shalom, we? shalom, Darren. Shalom, bro. Right. So, um, I think because of this season of change and transition, it would be remiss not to touch on uh, touch on these themes. Uh, thankfully, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, as written in Hebrews thirteen Amen. eight. Uh, however, life and the uh, ever going pursuit of uh, the kingdom coming here on earth is 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 not the same, and it is ever changing. Um, so, gents, it would be great just to get your uh, insights in terms of um, yeah, change, transition, um, and how, funnily enough. Um, their story is our story. Um, how we've seen uh, a near pinpoint um, symmetry with our with our Torah portions over the last uh, arguably two two to three months. Um, how how you deal with change personally? How you deal with change in terms of uh, being in a group in a fellowship? Um, yeah, so gents, first and foremost, have you seen this this symmetry and, and, and is this something that's new to you? Uh, you've been doing this uh, walk for a while now. Is this something that's uh, increased, um, decreased? What, what do you think? Shalom, Daz. Shalom, bro. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting how you opened up with this because we just completed the renovations of the study room where we all gather for Shabbat and Joe's living room, essentially. And, yeah, it's no doubt the the Torah portion. I'm sure the viewers who are listening online, when they're following the Torah portion as well, there's no doubt that they'll see life events and world events line up with the um, with the Torah, with, with, with the narratives, what we're going through. And I guess being on this walk now for a few years and in particular being in ministry and being a part of a body this is seasonal you know we're, we're in, a, in a sense it's, it's it's like a spiritual agriculture almost and as we pass through these different seasons the seasons of growth the seasons of pruning of uprooting of um, building roots growing and it's beautiful really it's it's as joe likes to say it comes with the territory and if you're part of a fellowship these things will naturally take place and learning to ride with that wave i guess and see the different seasons it does make it a a lot more easier to accept a lot of things and a lot more joyful because you always know once you're coming at the end of winter, there's going to be a summer. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful to to be reading his word and to see that reflect in our lives. As a lot of the listeners who 
maybe listening now from our fellowship, we've just come to the Torah portion where we had the completion of the tabernacle. And in the tabernacle, we had, um, it's a holy ab and who's the other guy? There was two. There was two guys who was helping construct Bezalel. 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 I've got it. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You, you give me a chance to uh, <laughs> dig the memory there. <laughs> yeah, Bezalel and Alholiab, and we we see it there. You know, it was it, it was you, Daz, and, and Alex working on the tabernacle, working on Joe's home, and oh, yo, don't forget, I was Moses with the vision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had we had uh, other other. People in the body representing different characters, we could say. Massive, massive shout out to Cat. Massive like shout out to Cat. Yeah. Underpinning and anchoring the situation. So uh, most definitely, spirit, spirit of knowledge, wisdom being applied there, understanding, and it's a blessing. And it's a it, <laughs> we, we, we're reading these Torah portions week in week out, and we're just we're just saying to ourselves, oh oh my gosh, this is playing out in our lives today. Oh, and yeah. I think that is the beauty of doing this in a body and not on your own because you get multiple confirmations then mm. that this is happening. So yeah, I, I, I guess as we go through each season, it's it's evident that we see that. Bless you, bro. Yeah, thanks thanks for that. And just, just so anyone who's listening, like we, we don't plan these things. Like we just literally sat down 10 minutes ago and said, okay, <laughs> what do you want to talk about? So we just let the spirit lead. And of course we open up the Bible and, and we look into the word and, we were just led to speak about change and stuff. So thanks, Dan, for bringing that up because we have been through some changes. And as Solomon says, in in life there's a season for all things under heaven. There's a time to, a time to sow, a time to plant, a time to uproot, you know. There's a time to gather stones, a time to throw them away. Um, this walk is a beautiful walk. And one of the greatest revelations that I ever had was that we are actually in the Lamb's Book of Life. And that we're actually living out the Bible. Now, if Psalm 40 verse 7 tells us, Then I said, Behold, I have come, and in the scroll of the book it is all written about me. That's pertaining to Yeshua. So if he is the scroll, and he is the word made flesh, and the word became alive and dwelt among us and tabernacled among us, as we interact with that word that is alive, that is living, and as we have the Spirit of God within us, don't marvel and don't be surprised that the Bible begins to play out every single day in your life and that the word of Yah is manifest because if the fullness of the scroll is written about Yeshua and Yeshua is within us now, do not marvel then that you are actually in the scroll. Do not marvel then when you see things in the scroll that come alive. You know, people say to me, I've read the Bible for 40 years and I've never seen that verse, you know. And, I, and I'm not surprised because there's certain times and seasons when the Lord will reveal himself in, in different attributes to us. So yeah, I just wanted to put that across that. The fullness of the scroll is written about Yeshua and... He is alive, he is not here for he is risen. And if he is in us, be prepared that the scroll is going to play out in your life. You are literally going to be in the scroll. And I, I do have a, a theory that this is what it is to be in the Lamb's Book of Life. In regards to change, you know, 
the whole walk, this Hebraic walk that we have, have delved on, it is an agricultural, our calendar is an agricultural calendar. And of course we have cosmological understandings um, in a cosmos uh, and, and with, with the sun and the moon and the stars as, as heavenly witnesses and, and earthly witnesses as well. But it's, it's agricultural and it's ergonomic in a sense that it's simple. That like we can actually be in harmony with the garden like Adam and we can understand seasons that we're in naturally with the biorhythmics of our own body and and the garden and the biorhythmics of say for instance the sun and the seasons and Yeshua has deemed it this way that we are immersed in this agricultural calendar because not only is it simple to understand but it's also that we can actually yield a lot of fruit because that is the purpose of all of this. So once we put that 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 mindset on and we put Christ on, we can then see these seasons that come upon us and we can actually be prepared in the same way people prepare for the winter or in, 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 in will prepare for the summer, prepare for the harvest. And then there's a, there's a lot of security in that then. You know, there's a lot of security and there's a lot of dependability because we depend on God for our increase. And we know that the Lord is the one who brings the rains, the latter rains, the former rains. So we see this dependability and this security despite the changes that we may go through. And then we realize, oh, wow, actually, he is with us and he doesn't leave us or forsake us no matter what season we're going through at that time. And actually, it is all by design. God has designed all this with a set purpose. So, yeah, I just wanted to share that as well. That's just where I was being led when you asked the questions. Yeah, I, I think um, one of the key words there is is prepared, you know, preparedness. And um, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, um, y- you know, you guys have been on this walk and have been in this ministry for, for a while. Um, how does that affect your preparedness going into each season? Does it affect, is it something you're conscious of in terms of, you know, okay, we're, we're approaching this season, we're approaching this Torah portion, we have X, Y, and Z experiences, uh, there's a way in which you, we can perhaps pre- prepare spiritually or personally. You know, as an example, you know, we're, we're very priest heavy in the text at the moment. So it, it, one could assume that you're looking at yourself as a as a priest in your priestly role, just, just as an example. Is this something that you guys are cognitive of? And also, does it spoil or take away the <laughs> element of surprise? Because... Uh, there's always new things around the corner and there's always new challenges and new trials. Is, is this something that uh, this preparedness negates or is there still new things around the corner each each year? Sanctification's huge. Um, John 17, 17, sanctified and by your truth, your word is truth. So the more we're immersed in the truth, the more weathered we become to dealing with dealing with certain things that come our way. Ultimately, that foundation is found in God. And what was your question about the surprise? 
So, you know, there's, there's patterns, like you said, the things are in the cosmos, things are in the, the scripture, and there's, there's yearly agricultural patterns. Do, but do you find that there are still surprises, that there, there are still trials that come both personally and, and within ministry? Yeah, definitely, brother, 100%. And also, how does one uh take that into consideration on their ju- their their walk and journey how does that play out for for somebody who's who's following the the torah um in in your opinion i'll be honest <laughs> um i don't i guess i i haven't figured this one out yet completely yeah. you know it's it's so complex bro it's it's probably one of the most complex rhythms to look at on on our walk the only way I could probably describe it is once you've had a really hot summer and you're going back into winter, you forget how, the, how cold it is. <laughs> you think, oh, no, I'll, you know, surely I can just wear, like, you know, some jeans and a and a shirt. and But then when the cold hits, it's like, oh, gosh, you know, let's lay it up. And then, likewise, when you're going back into the summer, you're like, oh, it's pretty cold here. Is, is the summer ever going to come? And then that that first little heat wave, you're like, praise ya. <laughs> <laughs> so I think ya prepares us for the different seasons if, if, we're, if we're heart is willing. And yeah, as, as Joe said in Ecclesiastes, it does, uh, he quoted, um, there is an appointed time for everything and there is a time for every event under the heaven. And yeah, I think, I guess part of our creed, 1 Corinthians 13, it says love believes all. So I believe and I have faith and I hope and assurance that this next season is going to bear fruit and it's going to be incredible. And, but then it also says love expects all. So, you know, it's not that it's a doubt, but it's to prepare your heart for all options. And that's how something I like to apply it's my walk is to live out in true love is to expect all scenarios whether that's for instance if it's with a person it's to be with that person or to let that person go it's to um to to, to get that job or that door's closed and another door's open it's to expect all things and mm. say your will be done and that's obviously easier to say in practice but i think that can be stepping into that god sent love is uh, his love is 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 when we're operating in that faith but also expectancy and and, and trusting in him romans eight twenty eight says all things work for those uh, all things work for good for those who love god um I, let me just get this one off i don't want to miss this i don't want to uh, all things there. work for the good of them who are called according to his, his purpose. purpose that's the one let me quote it from the beginning because it's Im- it's important that uh, I don't mess this one up Which, uh, actually I think is a saving grace for, for anyone listening who, who gets nervous about being able to recall scriptures and recite the <laughs> scriptures verbatim because we all like Hey, I just <laughs> I just want to say for the record Sukkot 2022 quiz champion oh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, even yeah, yeah. the Sukkot 20, 2022 <laughs> quiz champion gets the scriptures wrong, you know. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only joking. Uh, so yeah, Romans 8.28, it's 
we'll go from the New King James. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So yeah, that's it. It's 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 being adaptable. It's it's it, I think I think that's the key really in this walk. Um we see that right throughout the prophets, right throughout all of the apostles, adaptable to the situation. And that's right. I think that's when you can step into that divine love of believing, but also expecting. Oh, and, and and doing that with a sincere heart, then then, then, then you're there. <laughs> You've got multi, you know, you, you, your wardrobe's got. You're flexible, aren't you? You're flexible, flexible. Fle- flexible for hot or cold weather. If you look at some of the uh, patriarchs, you look at some of the key figures. Adam had to become adaptable. He walked with God in the garden, and then he fell, and he's in a fallen state, and he had to be outside the garden and adapt. Abraham had to leave. Who 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 left here, and he wandered in the wilderness. And the Book of Hebrews tells us he was looking for a city whose foundation and maker was God. And Joseph, he had to adapt. He had to adapt when he was through in the pit, but he also had to adapt when he was in Egypt. And he became bilingual, didn't he? He he learned Egyptian and the ways of Egypt. Likewise, Yeshua. It just goes on and on and on. Moses. These people have to climatize to the trials. We have to, you know, we have to climatize to the trials because it's great when it's sunny. But if we can embrace the seasons, you'll never be caught off guard. You know, the people who dislike winter are the people who don't embrace winter. When it rains, if you embrace the rain, you're never going to get wet. You're only going to get soaked through and get unhappy because you didn't bring your brolly out and you got caught off guard with the rain. <laughs> if you just embrace the rain, it's all good. We have to climatize to our trials and embrace the season that we're in because I do think that's what the Lord wants from us and I think Peter confirms that in First Peter when he says, um, Beloved, don't think it's strange concerning a trial which is sent to try you as though some strange thing has come upon you. You know, if we're prepared and we're adaptable and we are, and we can initiate that adaptation, which is what we're called to do ultimately, because we need to adapt instantaneously. We our forefathers were nomadic in a sense that they were conditioned to change. Mm. They were conditioned to change, and change can be a really hard thing for a lot of people. You know, it can really be a stumbling block for people. But we need to be able to adapt to that change with the Christ within us. Not just like, oh, I've got my head around this and I've changed this and that. Yeah, I can work with that. It's actually getting the best out of a situation that you are in. So, yeah, if it is raining, we'll praise Yah that the plants are being watered. You know, if it is raining, thank God that the earth's being hydrated. You can look at it like that. You can look at it like that. There's always a blessing to be found in something, what is one man's hindrance, it's another man's blessing. The Israelites in the wilderness, when that rain come, that was it, that was God's gift. But to someone maybe in England, the rain, oh, 
it's always raining here. I wish it'd be sunny for once. Oh, I hate the rain. Mm. So yeah, I think climatizing to, to the to the environment that we're in is is big. So fle- flexibility and, and perspective. Just a couple of prophets there that come to mind. And apostles, you got Paul. To the Jews, I became a Jew, so I may win the Jews. To the Gentiles, I became a Gentile. Those who aren't under law, I became that. If you think of Yeshua, even when he was on the cross, he was adapting and preaching the gospel to the to the thief next to him. Mm. He wasn't complaining or grumbling. He was always an adapter. Okay, this is the situation I'm in. How can I get the best fruit out of it? And I think when you do start maturing in your walk, and I think we spoke about this before, gents, maybe off off mic, but you come in this beautiful spot where you're no longer thinking, okay, today I'm going to do what's righteous and I'm not going to sin. It changes for then you saying, okay, I can do what's righteous and bear, say, tenfold, or I can do what's righteous here and bear 20-fold. You're choosing between what brings more fruit rather than that, oh gosh, you know, am I going to sin again? And this is when I think you're making these scenarios adaptable to glorify the kingdom of God to its fullness. Mm -hmm. Okay, this situation I'm in right now, I don't like my job, but how can I declare with my actions and my words and my hand how to bring the most glory to the kingdom? Okay, look at Paul in prison. I'm in prison right now. You know, I'm bound up. I can't see anyone. How am I going to write this scenario? Glorify the kingdom in its fullness. Abraham was comfy where he was living. He had had his companions. He had a wife. He had had a massive company with him. But Yah was like, no, out into the wilderness you go. And I think this is what Yah wants with his people. It's to become adaptable and ultimately becoming adaptable in these different scenarios. If you do it with the mind of Christ, it will only um, bring more glory to the kingdom. Amen. Okay, so let's let's take that and run with that a bit further. You're talking about taking on the mind of Christ in terms of adapting. What what, what does that? What's, what that that's, that's, that sounds great. <laughs> Um, what does that look like? What's the practical steps? Are we talking about, you know, uh, the word, prayer, fasting? Like, what are the practical steps to being more adaptable, more Christ-like um, in terms of suffering, affliction, and how those components radically uh, enhance growth as, as difficult as those facets are? I think it's being stationed and present in Yah's will mm. and saying, Lord, this is your will. And once you are stationed in his will and you've comprehended that this is Yah will be done, you won't covet a situation out of it. You won't desire another reality. When you say your will be done and not mine, not my will, Lord, but your will be done, that's going to bring a level of peace and serenity into your life that you can just adapt to that situation. This terrible thing's happened, right? It may not be the desire of God. He desireth no one to perish. But right now, this is the will of Yah. And I'm going to get serenity in that and comfort because that will then ground you and it will make you adaptable because Father has said, 
Father has decreed it. It's by the decree of heaven that this has took place. And whether I want it or whether I don't or whether I want another situation or what, Yah will be done and I, and I, and I am going to be grounded in that. And when you comprehend that and you can actually live into the Lord's will being established, you will adapt because then you're not going to covet a situation. You're not going to covet another life. Oh, but I, I don't do that or I haven't got this. Now I'm going to adapt because this is what my father has decreed for me in this moment in time. So I think it's down to the Lord's will, bro. Okay. I've got a question just quickly. Um, the most adaptable person in scripture, apart from Yeshua, who comes to mind? Does? Uh, 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 Abraham. Okay. Okay. Abraham comes to mind, Joe. Come on. I, I like King David, man. King I think David, he's quite yeah. Adaptable, you know? Yeah, adaptable. I, think, I, I say Abraham because if you chuck me in the wilderness after five <laughs> minutes, so my head, my head's gone. Gotta, gotta consider, gotta consider the servant Job there. You know, serious <laughs> man. Okay, all right, Adaptable. okay, okay, okay. So going into Job territories, you're saying about Yah's will be done and um, being uh, present in that. You know, Paul says to be to be um, content in all things, right? How how does that happen? What does that mean? What am I practicing? Like because I can be in that moment uh, of affliction or difficulty, and I know that Yah's will is taking place, but that's in complete contradiction to my flesh, my feelings, and my thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, boys, like, let's get to the nitty gritty. What? Because Yah's going to keep putting us in those positions until we learn. So, how do we learn? Like, how do we adapt? Like, what? What, how, what measures can we take to to be more uh, uh, accepting and flexible with Yah's will in your life? Go on, go on Joe. Yo. <laughs> we're, we're out of here now. The You've se- got us the going. Secret, the secret <laughs> to contentment. You know, Paul understood that he was he had salvation. Okay, so let's, let's build your foundation on everything that you know Yeshua, you were redeemed by his blood, you ransomed, Seated in heavenly places, you know salvation. Wow, what a thing. So if you if you building on that foundation, that's the rock. So you have your salvation. That that's huge. Mm-hmm. So if you build upon that, I mean that's everything anyway, because that's eternity. So you you're building on a etern- on eternal principles. Then when you're building on eternal principles, you can start at applying eternal perspectives. Once you start applying and seeing with eternal perspectives, the mindset, the majesty mindset of, of eternity then comes into the yeah. equation. Then the body will be a slave to that and you can make your body a slave to that through them eternal principles. That's why Paul could be in a cell. Mm-hmm. Book, could, book could be in paradise. Is this a perspective of gratitude perhaps? I think that's definitely part of a part of it. I think gratitude is huge, yeah. I think gratitude is massive. But gratitude can be you so someone could have gratitude, but then someone could actually express gratitude. Right. So and I think expressing gratitude then comes with other equations like rejoicing and practicing joy and then all these these other things which we start getting into 
many strings to the bow then that fire the the, the arrow of of the secret to, to contentment but I, I just wanted to give that as a as a bit of a um a bit of a forerunner to it that it's it's more than just gratitude it's the it's expressing gratitude it's um it's it's rejoicing yeah i'd agree bro i think fundamentally it is it is salvation you're thinking okay how long's a piece of string i'm going through the tip of this piece of string right now i think that is definitely the the foundation of it if you take it back to my man job there he was raising early in the morning offering sacrifices which we know is prayer we think of daniel in babylon praying three times a day so it's a level of being set apart mm-hmm. and i think opting to be set apart in these environments for example not eating the king's delicacies um, with shedrach meshach and abednego daniel that that group i think then that will always put you in a in a favored position ultimately and being disciplined in that and having the self-control in that um, is, I think, is another string to that bow. I mean, there's, 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 there's many tools in the toolbox. I think when you do start to fall on these ways and, and, and not be set apart, I think then you can get wrapped up in that storm where if you're having that set-apart time for ya, mm-hmm. I think then that, that's, that's massive. That's, that's surely got to be up there. So, so almost like a priestly protocol can be an anchor to 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 weather in that storm. Okay, so we're talking just, about just on that because think about it. You you can't control the uncontrollable, right? right? If the storm comes, you know you can't control that. But the things you can control in your life is waking up and giving thanks before you go to bed. Giving thanks, they're the controllables. Yeah, there's. Whatever's throws at you in in your day, it, it's if you make it to the end of the day, then praise be to Yah. If you get to give thanks at the end of that day, then praise be to Yah. And then if you wake up from your slumber and you get to give thanks, praise be to Yah. They're the two controllable factors. Mm. In between, there's there's a lot of things that can come your way. So yeah, I think it's looking at least that's from a practical point of view um, that I would advise anyone who's trying to adapt. Uh, yeah, uh, great. That's Know that sound. Um, identify the controllable elements and variables in in your life and and experience and uh, work from there. Okay, so that that may be um, uh, in the context of difficulty and affliction. So uh, especially after going through the the winter months, where a lot of pruning, a lot of uh, difficulty can be experienced uh, for many different reasons. Um, what about in times of prosperity and abundance? Because we're we're talking about change, right? and being adaptable and it's easy to talk about sanctification in terms of affliction and trial well you know it's the trials and the fl- <laughs> we get that but what about when you do have the victory when you do have the abundance when you may be in a position of a stewardship um whether that's physically or, or spiritually um how do you how do you stay humble how do you practice meekness do, do you know what i mean like because it's not all about being sanctified through through difficulty. It's it's being sanctified through victory in Christ. So, 
how how does uh, is it is it the same principle or are there variables to that? I think there's, there's there's variables, but it is all still involved with the secret of contentment. So Paul says, you know, I was full, but I was hungry. I was rich, but yet I was poor. So yeah, you know, say let's when it is going great, it's still about making yourself low. Mm. So when you are full, be hungry, you know, and be hungry for His presence. Be hungry for that relationship. Be humble. Make yourself low and be like a poor man. You could be rich financially and make yourself as a poor man. And in doing that, you will still express a massive amount of gratitude. Then you'll be able to rejoice with with the smallest of things. So I think it still involves with the secret of contentment, bro. It's perspective. Above all, it's perspective and the Torah says that we shall not say by our own hand we have done this. That's actually forbidden and you can apply that to any iota of your life. So we never want to take glory or elevate ourselves that we've done this through a business investment or, you know, we've we got this increase because we like really toiled in the field or we got that promotion because like we really did our job so good, like, we smashed it, you know. We, we, this, that's forbidden. That's a, that's a, that's forbidden in the Torah. That it's only by God that all things happen, and it's only through the decree of heaven that anything takes place. Um. So, I think that perspective is huge. And one more thing that I will say is entitlement. It's massive. Now, if you if you think, well, actually, I am entitled to all this because I've done all these things, right? That's a recipe for disaster. But if you say, actually, I'm entitled to, I was entitled to death. In fact, I was entitled to an eternal death, but now I'm entitled to eternal life, even though I'm a disease, a wretch, a curse, a worm, clay, a maggot, whatever. Wow. I'm entitled to eternal life now, even though I was entitled to eternal death. <sighs> I mean, that's enough to change any man's day. Mm. To comprehend that you were entitled to something destructive, bring about the death of the soul, but now you've been entitled to everlasting life with wow. God. <laughs> that's enough to change any person's perspective wherever you're at, at any given time. And therefore, we have to quench that entitlement because... We can think, well, well, I'm entitled to this, or I'm entitled to that, or I'm entitled to this. You're entitled to nothing other than what God will and what his desire is for your life. And that's it. Beautiful, bro. Yeah, I love that on, on entitlements. That's that's something in itself. But it's huge, especially in today's society, you could say. I just have a Proverbs here that we could maybe all just meditate on and the viewers or the listeners online could, could meditate on this as well. And it's Proverbs 21, 31. A horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the victory is of the Lord. So it's deep, isn't it? It's that Solomonic wisdom. A horse is prepared for the day of battle, but victory is of the Lord. We can prepare as much as we want, but ultimately the victory is Yahweh's. 
Yahovah's. And if we start reframing it like that, then we realize that we owe everything to him and it crushes all form of entitlement. Amen. Uh, a, a super poignant and on-point scripture, given what we started the show with and what, we, what you brought in terms of being, you know, prepared, mm. but then accepting <laughs> that any victory is, is nothing to do with you. It's, to believe like, and expect. To believe and expect and ultimately to give all honour and praise and glory to, to Yah, uh, whatever the situation. Uh, that's, that's stunning. Okay, uh, continuing on the theme of change. So how important is um, the marking of change or even the recognition of change? You know, say, for example, you're on the, you're on the walk on your own. It, it could probably be hard to see sanctification uh, in, in just in self-reflection. So how do you feel being part of a body, uh, discipleship, uh, and just relationships whether it be your spouses, uh, brothers and sisters, uh, and family members, uh, h- how does that play out? You know, I'm, I'm not talking about right. It's it's your quarterly review. Let's <laughs> sit down and tick box. It's like how important is communication and and relationship when it comes to recognizing change and being, uh, yeah, being uh, being able to, to to identify either a need for change or or or, or change that's taken place. If that if that makes sense. Maybe rephrase it a little bit. Okay, so um, with it within a group or within the body of of Christ, how does discipleship and relationships play into knowing that that change has taken place, or or maybe even needing change? So I'm talking about accountability, uh, perhaps behaviours, good and bad. You know, if I was to approach you as a brother and say, look, Jackie, like, I've noticed this pattern of behavior, da 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 I think something needs to change. Like, is this something you, that you're cognitive of at all? Or, or is this just something we, we just float by and, and, and you know, you might sit there and go, oh, my, my man's praying a lot. Or, oh, wow, he's really bringing some word. Like, gotcha, yeah. you, do, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, okay. Proverbs twenty seven seventeen tells us as... Iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And that's a change, okay? So there's a change taking place there. And obviously the sword of the word to sharpen one another. There's so many deep histories in that. But I think that, yeah, we are called to be role models, ultimately to bring around a change or a teshuva or a change of direction in people's lives, which is ultimately repentance. So I think that is massive. I think that is massive. But I, I do think that whilst we are focusing on the positive sides of them changes, you know, that has to be the change has to be done in him as the new creation. But there is also negative sides to change and change has, has been glamorized in this world. Like people change the homes, the houses, they change the boyfriends, the girlfriends, they change the job. They change the football team. They, things are always changing all the time. You know, oh, I dyed my hair. Oh, I, I changed it next week. Oh, yeah, I, I got a tattoo. Well, now I've changed it. I've, I've I've had that removed and I've got this new tattoo. People are always changing all the time. Mm. And I do think that 
there is there is something that's pushed on the masses to do with change, you know. Oh, the government's changing. Oh, this is changing. Oh, that's changing. Oh, these policies are changing. But the Lord actually says, I do not change, Jacob, so that you are not consumed. So I get great hope and security that the Lord has divine commitment to his people. And through his divine commitment, he does not change mm. because corruption and destruction and, and, and his people can actually be consumed by the fact that he, he doesn't change. And people aren't committed anymore. Like, people aren't committed to being committed because this lackadaisy attitude of change has just popped up in this world. And I definitely think that there's an agenda being pushed. And you can see it, then people who want to change all the time, the way with the way with the toss to and fro. They want this, they want that, they want to change, they want to change, they want to change. And they're never settled. Whilst our forefathers were nomadic, there was also a land, a destination that we were going to. So there needs to be an end result. See, nomads, they just go around and they just take what they need when they need it and they move on to the next place. But bringing it back to the agriculture, farmers are the ones who are placed and planted and they invest into something through commitment and through that commitment and investment, they yield the benefits of it. So it's also good not to change. And when you've been given the truth, don't look to the right or to the left because there is an agenda going on about this fluid state of mind and in that people have lacked commitment and then you see that spilling over into this walk you see that spilling over into this walk i guess the the uh, the, uh, the essence of it is where we're trying to be changed into the image of christ which as you said is immutable and unchangeable and the more you are conforming to that the less you're <laughs> going with the, the 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 grain of the world so <clears throat> yeah i think that's um it's one of those things that sounds slightly backwards that um, I, I don't want to change I'm, I'm i'm looking to not change but you are being changed in in the image of christ essentially but remember as well darren though that there's, there's going to come a time when in the moments in the twinkle of an eye we should all be changed yeah. so we haven't reached that the fullness of, of what it is to be completely completely changed and transformed in god yet okay so w with that being said let me uh maybe back up a little bit and, and switch up that last question um how important is it to speak life and identify changing people you know being free enough to to, to speak in, in love and truth and, and to pull a brother or sister to the side and say, Hey, look, I've just noticed, I just want to commend you on this. I, I just want to, you know, how, how big is that, that we are instructed that life, life is in the tongue and, and we need to be building and edifying each other. Um, is that something do you think we, we do enough of, or we need to like take the shackles off a bit more? Changes is, is, is a, can be a fruit of one's salvation but it can also be detrimental to someone's walk. So 
I suppose what you're trying to say is, um, correct me if I'm wrong, like the, the change that we see in people, are we, are we, are we to, to give God glory for that when we see it's a righteous change? Is that where you're going with that one? To give edification to that person? Yeah, li- yeah, literally, yeah. I mean, ultimately, like you said, to give God glory in all in all things. Um, but is that something that, yeah, is is done often enough? To where when you when you see something good or you, you see a change in in somebody's development or, or uh, you know, probably not. But we we ought to change, <laughs> <laughs> change that and change our attitude First towards Thessalonians that, you know. five eleven, as we know it. Therefore, encourage one another and build up one another, just as also you are doing. And it is harder to give a compliment than to be critical it is it, that, yeah. that that is difficult guy to guy woman to woman man to woman woman to man it can be difficult to give that that compliment i think it can be done in subtle well so, subtle ways brother you know i think spending time and investments into that person i think there can be ways of encouragement there me personally i think sometimes when you do and, I, and and this is just speaking plainly now and a revelation that I've come to, but sometimes if you do commend someone where they have stumbled in the past, it can almost be like they've arrived at the, the top of the mountain. Right. And the only way <laughs> is, is, is the way only way forward is down. So I think I think we need to be you know, I do think we need to encourage and build and edify. Um but there is no there is no Complete change, as Joe was saying, till till we've been transformed and in that twinkling of an eye, and and our and our bodies are renewed, and and this old form of flesh is is, is destroyed. So, yeah, I think I I think most definitely we need to encourage and build one another. We probably need to do that more as a fellowship. I, I would say so. Um, but then again, you know, I, I think on a one to one, we we tell each other we love each other, love you, bro. Um. Praise Yah! Oh, yeah, you know I can see, you know, like we just said before, I can see um, Alex and you, the spirit, the, the spirit moving through you. So I, th- I think we do do it. What does that look like? You know, what does that look like e- entirely? I think it can be expressed in in in, in many different forms. Um, so yeah, I think. Yeah, I think you make a good point. It's it's part of the vernacular. Mm-hmm. It, it, just our daily language, the way in which we greet each other, the way in which we uh, speak to each other and address each other. Yeah. I think that's uh, it's definitely. It's got to be sincere, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like our fellowship is all about sincerity, and not that <laughs> no one's doing anything good to commend them, but you can commend them in a sincere way. Yeah, and I've seen it in the past, and where it, where it can be false commends so it's it's you know we need to be sincere with that and and and, and there's way there's ways of, of of doing that in, in a sincere way okay so here's a uh here's a situation or a uh a scenario for you i'm i'm stuck i'm in a loop whether it be behavior whether it be a pattern of sin and i really want change i really need change mm-hmm. um what what advice what steps can you take in order to uh to um but for god to 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 make changes in your life essentially because uh, as we said it's not it's not by our own hand that 
you know our hearts and our minds are, are changed how, how do you see that you know so somebody who may be struggling or in a in a in a pattern of of, of uh, difficulty um how can one approach um trying to welcome and, and encourage change in their lives yeah um in deuteronomy chapter 2 the lord speaks to moses and uh, the recalling now the desert years and he says he basically says look you've you've skirted around this mountain long enough turn turn to shuvah shuv northward and he commands the people that they, they turn and they change territory <clears throat> so i would say that if you if you go around the mountain look look to the blueprint of what the torah says listen to the words of the Torah, of the Lord through Moses, you've 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 gone round this long enough. Shuv, change direction. Demographically change, geographically change, and heed unto the commandments of God, and literally take control of the situation through the commandments of the Lord, and apply your will to His will, and heed His voice and heed His calling change direction, turn the page, change the territory, switch it up. It's time for it's time it's time to turn the pages in the book. It's a new chapter. At the Lord's permission, this is done. It does go on to say like that in the Lord sending them away, they encountered new problems. So when they left Sinai, they encountered new problems as they wandered. And often people, they stay stuck in a loop because they don't want to be faced. They get comfortable, basically. People just get comfortable and it, it comes to their own detriment. But unless, unless you make that step of faith, you will constantly be stuck in a glitch. I, I just imagine the Israelites stuck in a glitch, just going around this mountain. Like, Groundhog imagine, Day. Groundhog Day. So you've got to break the glitch mm -hmm. and you've been given permission to break the glitch at the Lord's commandment. Remember, he says, enough of this. You've skirted around a mountain long enough. Shuv, Tashuvah, change direction. Be empowered at my command and move territory now. Yeah, that's it. it change, changes starts from within and we get this all throughout Scripture. Matthew twenty three twenty six, Yeshua says, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. And to bring it back what Joe was saying earlier about how a lot of people in this world want to change the hair colour, want to change the car, the clothes, it's all the outside of the cup. So I think if you really want to break that loop, break that cycle, it starts from within. And then David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Psalm 139, verse 23. So there's a level of testing and searching. And that, that, that's, a, that's the formula in a nutshell. It's nothing complicated. It's allowing your inner man to repent and change and walk towards the law. I have another scripture here, which is just beautiful. It's Romans 7, 22. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. So the inner man, it's you, you've got to go hunting for that inner man. That inner man needs to be resurrected. 
And then once that change happens, I think your reality then around you will then, by result of that, will begin to change. Where if you try and do the outside before the inside, yeah, you kind of be stuck in that glitch. So do you think it's fair to say that there's, um, you can see the cooperation, you know, that, that I think you've said it many times before, Joe, you, you take one step and, and you will take two towards you. Like, is it a case where he, he wants us to, to take that step first and then he'll, he'll make provision and, and, and mend to it? Yeah. Yeah, brother, because he will let you keep going around that mountain. Right. And he'll give you over to your heart's, heart's desire. desire. Like if it if it's if it's if it's in your heart to just stay stay put and just just keep going around like this because you don't really want to stretch yourself or you don't really want to be brought to a broad and spacious pl- place. He's just gonna let you reside there, man. And and that's not him being wicked, but it's just like him giving you over to your own free will. So then you have to assess and say, you know, do I want this? Really critically think about it. Do I want to stay in this place? If the answer is no, well then be empowered to change it through the commandments of the Lord, through Teshuvah. And if the answer is yes, well then don't expect to be moved. Don't expect to have prophetic intervention. Don't expect the Lord to intervene because you're not ready for the next bit of territory yet. And to bring it back to that question you had before us, if you see changes happening in the fellowship with a brother and you need to say, hey, look, watch out for this, or I've noticed this change, I don't think there's there's much as brothers we can do. You know, we've got to... Mm. There is a level of accountability and res- responsibility of, of that individual person to search his own heart and, 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 and to ask, yeah, to test him. As we read in Scripture, we've said this before in the past, Paul gives three categories for someone coming to church and that's not drinking any blood not eating food sacrificed to idols and not having sexual immorality Mm. outside of that if you're attending a church if you're attending a congregation where the torah and the prophets are being preached then that's between them and god now you you they've 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 got to receive that word because you know, we I've approached people in the past and I've said, hey, come on, you know, are you okay in these areas? And the truth of the matter is, is if someone is not prepared to turn their heart and stop going around that mountain, you can say a million things all you want. It's got to be a level of accountability there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, we've got to pull them from the fire. Yeah, of course, we've got to advise. Yeah, of course, we are our brother's keeper. There's all them elements to it. But ultimately, there is a level of responsibility there, and we've all got to work out our salvation with fear and trembling at the, at the end of the day. And as harsh as that may sound, that's the conclusion I've came come to. Um, not that I, I'm hopeless in it. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm definitely not hopeless in it. Um, but I know that Yah can do a greater work in that person than I can ever try and do myself. And I know if the if they're still attending church, if they're still hearing the word of God preached. If this, or if they're still hearing it in their own time, then we've got to hope that and put faith in the Holy Spirit will cause them to to, to shoot that. We can't change anybody's heart. Yeah. But Psalm 51 tells us, verse 10, creating me a clean heart, O God, 
and renewing me a steadfast spirit so he can bring about that change but we have to use our free will and we may have difficulty but he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us so give it over to him call upon him and ask for that change of heart ask for that change of direction and let it be done in accordance with the Lord's will and as Joshua says, but if it is unpleasing in your sight to serve the Lord, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, serve, whether the gods your fathers served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I love that. And I think that does come with, with time and maturity, the ability to, to let go and and understand man's sovereignty and relationship with with Yah, and um, you know I'm learning that it's important to be consistent in terms of just being present or being there for an individual, and um, just loving them a, a, as much as I can. Mm-hmm. And um, you know I'm I'm not trying to change minds. I'm not trying to you know be right. I, I, I just I'm just yeah putting faith in 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 that individual's relationship with with Yah essentially and. Um, yeah, letting go and letting God do the work instead. Um, beautiful. Okay, so how do maybe yeah? Well, how does the Torah? How does Yeshua, our Rabbi, um, continue to change you guys today? What what does that look like? You know, sanctify them by my word. Uh, the daily renewal of your mind will be will be washed away by his word essentially what, what does that look like for, for you guys uh yeah yeah it's it's huge brother and we're called to actually on the sabbath you know people say i don't buy i don't sell yet great yeah yeah oh yeah i gather yeah yeah great i assemble i, I read the torah post i read moses i study i have that set of more time yeah 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 but people forget that part of the commandments of keeping the sabbath is to remember that you were once a slave in the land of egypt so we're actually called to reconcile the change that we've been through Mm. we're actually called to remember that we were once enslaved and that god brought about a change in our life and then when we look back at where we were to where we are now we can actually see the work of god manifold we can see it manifest there bang there it is so it's actually good to look back and like testimony to see our testimony and it's the testimony that he has placed within us and inside the word testimony the first four letters spell test you will have to have gone through them tests to bring about change in your life and that's what God is designing tests for the cause to change you you go to the gym to rip your muscles to change your physique or to change your cardiovascular or to bring about a bit of a change. And it's the same with trials and tests. The Lord brings them to change our heart. So the Lord will be forever changing us into the image and likeness of his son until the completion of that and I'm just so glad that the Lord has given me his Torah and brought about a change within me as the new creation 
you know, because it's truly beautiful, not only just to see other people and their transformation, but also to, to, to reflect that, wow, this is who I was in the world. This is who I was in slavery. Look at what God has done in me. God is real. God is true. I couldn't have brought about this change on my own. Flipping neck, I can't even change my car tire. You know? <laughs> so. No, it I, I actually brings back a very fond memory of the early days of uh, when, I, when I was saved and uh, I had a very good friend at the time who, who was... Uh, who watched the transformation and the change. And he, he looked at me one day and he said, you, you're Darren, but you're not, you're not Darren anymore. Something's changed. And I knew that it was the Holy Spirit, but to him, he's completely confounded. He didn't, you know, and you can't explain that. You can't do it justice because they just, you know, they can't grasp it. But, yeah, praise God for his Holy Spirit that, that, that changes us and illuminates his word and continues to, to do that. Jackie. James 1, 2, chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. The beauty of, I guess, for me is doing the Torah cycle is that to come full circle now is that we do see our lives in each Torah portion and the challenges of what the Israelites are going through in the wilderness. Somehow the the, the, the trials are, are, are so similar, the persecutions, the, the down to the little things in life, the testing of your own heart. And I think if, if we do have that teachable spirit to the word and it's not just like, oh, we've read this, we've done this before. If we have, if we're see, if we're, if we're seeing ourselves within the word in the book of, in the Lamb's Book of Life, for instance, you know I've, I've spoke spoke to atheists and they've said, "Oh, I've, oh, I've read the Bible." But my question back to them is, "You've read the Bible, but did you let it read you?" And once we let the Bible read us, and if you are reading it weekly, reading it daily, especially if you're reading it weekly with a fellowship. These these tests and trials, uh, things we will read in the Word will, will come into our life, and and it, and the Word will purify us. It will wash us clean, and it's it will be a mirror to us. And things that we don't know that are there will appear, and things that you think you buried five years ago, they might try and resurrect again. So it's a constant washing, you know, uh, a renewing, you could say, of the mind. And I take I take joy in that, as, as James says. Um, you know, if Yah wasn't trialing us, if He wasn't testing us, then we know we wouldn't be a son. <laughs> we know we know that He wouldn't love us. He also says elsewhere uh, that God chastises those who he, who He loves. So there is there is a beauty in that, and we wouldn't really want it any other way. And that's really difficult during them changes. <laughs> All, all things granted, but that, but that's that, that's it. We, we, we know we're somewhere on the right path. And if the Lord speaks in His Word in Jeremiah about the plans that I have for you, plans of peace and not to harm you, we live out our life with that perspective of Father. You know, we can have the expectation then to receive good things from Him, 
In Isaiah 43, verse 19, Behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness, and I will even make rivers in the desert. When the Lord brings about change in us, though he is the Heavenly Father and lights him, in which there is no shift and shadow, no, no change. When he brings about changes to us, it's, it's actually to modify us, it's to take us and put us so we can be more like his son. So we have to see that these things that do come upon us, well, maybe the Lord is building a road in the wilderness. Maybe the Lord is bringing a river in the desert. Behold, I doeth a new thing. And that thing that's taken place in your life, we have to have the perspective to see Yard in it and his prosperous plan because all changes must be seen in hope. Some hope coming more, more your way there. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Matthew five twelve. Rejoice and be glad because... Great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you. Beautiful, gents. Um, thus concludes our uh, impromptu <laughs> uh, conversation around change. Um, any any further thoughts, anything to add there, gents? Yeah, one last scripture, bro. Yeah, don't fire off. James 5, 11. See how blessed we consider those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen the outcome from the Lord. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Praise be to you. Praise be to you. Amen. So, uh, yeah, speaking of change, uh, normal service uh, has been resumed here at the Upper House. Uh, you are willing. Um we greatly appreciate all uh, all patience in this time, um, but like most periods of changes, the fruit that has been born out of a time of uh, trial and testing, um, both physically and spiritually, we, we can see an abundance of fruit on the horizon. So um, yeah, uh, we love you. We thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, stay tuned and we'll see you again on the upper room from our house to yours. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom.